This is A is for Adversity, a podcast about curating your life stories to connect more deeply with others. Some stories may have Christian undertones, and all stories will involve a realization or transformation of some sort. I'm your host, Jen Banks. This is episode W, Ways to Make Work More Fun with Dr. Travis Fox. I'm sure you can hear it in my voice, but we've had colds this week, but I'm here for you showing up with the podcast anyway. Enjoy. Hello, Travis. Hi. Can you introduce yourself to my guests and myself, I guess? Uh, still Travis. Uh, formal name is uh, <laughs> formal name is uh, Dr. Travis Fox. Travis will do. Uh, 31 years in the self-transformation and entrepreneurial development space. Uh, I have two doctorates, one in psychology, one in clinical hypnotherapy. Uh, we do archetypal symbology profiling, gamified the ability for people to grow their businesses and make it fun again and go from founder to funding to fortune. Uh, Emmy Award winners, you can see some of the awards behind me. Uh, I'm bodybuilder, um, dad of three, dork, knucklehead, um, still learning and growing at the ripe age, you know, 50s, trying to figure out, you know, what, what is the next step? And so that, that's kind of the snapshot. <laughs> yes, I love it. Sure. And what stuck out to me is just your quest, I guess, or your the way that you love to integrate fun. So tell me about that. I it kind of piques my interest with storytelling because that's the theme for my season. But um, tell me about what fun means to you. Well, let, let's go back in time for all of us, right? Everybody goes back in time. We all spent pretty much the first, call it 16, 17 years of our life, becoming masters of play, of imagination, of fantastical realms, of fun. And then literally overnight, you graduate high school and you get this strong message from the world, your parents, everybody. It's time to be an adult, Jennifer. You now got to go out and figure out who you are, what do you want to do, find your soulmate and find your purpose. And yet you have zero blueprint on how the heck to do that. And so we spend the better part of, you know, the next 10, maybe 15, 20 years, in some cases longer on this quest to find these things for which we have zero background in. And we end up getting into the next school, which isn't university and it isn't postgraduate. It's the school of hard knocks, which is the dumbest thing in history because you've asked us to master dreaming, imagination, fantastical realms, belief structure shifting, part, personality parts integration, fun, and then turn around and take that and throw it out the door and say, now go be an adult. I have no idea how to be an adult. What are you talking about? And now we add kids to the equation. We now add work and obligation. We add success, achievement, fulfillment, all these big words that sound really cool when you hear them. But when you start chasing them and you feel like you're in a dark room looking for the light switch and you keep smacking your head against the wall and hoping that's a door, it wears on you over time. And what ends up happening is you take work, which originally was your quest. I'm going to go out and conquer the world. We're going to be an astronaut. We're going to, you know, fly cars. We're going to do all the, we're going to talk on phones. We're going to do things like we're doing right now. But then all of a sudden that creativity is immediately squashed and it's now logic, it's performance, it's, it's um, capitulation. It is falling in line. It is being the status quo norm, which sucks and no one likes it anyways, but we fall into that because we're supposed to as adults. Here's the problem with that obligation and work don't go together. But psychologically, we've linked them in such a way that I have to go to work in order to do blank, feed my family, be successful, whatever, whatever your whatever your why is that you're chasing, whatever that may be or why you're doing it. 
Here's the problem. Nobody likes work and nobody performs for obligations. So when we look at that, we've put ourselves in this one foot on the gas and one foot on the brake because our gas says, well, I'm obligated. got to go to work, got to grind, got to do all this other stuff, got to keep up with the Joneses. But my brake says, this sucks. I don't want to do it. And it's not that we're throwing a temper tantrum. We are literally in psychological war with ourselves. And in the simplistically of language, our brain is going, this makes no sense. I know we have to do it, da, 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 da. But the end result is we feel like crap. We don't feel like we're getting ahead. We feel like we're going backwards. And our dreams have now just kind of faded somewhere into oblivion. We just kind of shelved them and said, well, you know, when I was a child that I did childish things and now I'm an adult, I'll be an adult. But you have no idea how to be an adult. So that makes no sense. And neither do I. And yet deep down inside, there is this calling. There's this deep, you know, almost challenge to ourselves in a fun way to go on this adventure and this quest and find out who we are and these hidden resources that we have stuffed down since the graduation of high school that are waiting on the bench of our team to say, put me in coach. But we're like, no, 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 you're, you're too much like a child. You can't do that. People will judge us. We won't get ahead of business. People will think we're goofy. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Your misfitness that you have cast to the bench of your potential is exactly what your business needs. It's what your relationship needs. It's what your life needs. And that my friends is where your mastery lives. And so I've spent the last 31 years on that quest, developing thousands of people, now millions, literally, companies putting together. And one thing I finally realized, again, not the sharpest tool in the shed, but I got there, was that no matter how much psychology I gave you, no matter how business practicum I gave you, no matter, here's how you do it, principles, build your company, how's sales, here's how you hire and fire, here's how you do all these other things. Yeah, they got it, but they never retained it and they never applied it because it still fell in the category mentally to them as work. As we just defined, if it's not fun, they're not going to do it. So what we spent the last two years doing is retooling the entire adventure of business. And now it's called the Ultimate Business Quest. And the Ultimate Business Quest is a fully gamified adventure that you, your employees, even your clients, your family go through in a game way where we throw you into the fantastical realm. And why? Because in the fantastical realm, all things are still possible. You're not logical. You're not a knucklehead. You're not a nilly. You're not a negative person. You're not a judgment. You stop because you have, you have to go back to that frame of reference. I'm not talking about back in time, back into potential. That's list that's inside you that's been locked away for a long time. And we take you through this business adventure and it literally is being guided on this massive quest. But as you go along, you, you conquer your top seven fears that we all have. You get through your excuses and understand why most of us actually commit to quitting versus committing to commit. We work through all of our archetypal symbology. So we help you define in a very fun way what a warrior, a wizard, a bard, and a jester are. And we are all four, but we're generally only using one, which means 75% or the other three are sitting on the bench waiting for you to do something. So we have all this stuff at our resource and you have this massive adventure and we help you go from founder to funding to fortune for real and help all these small and medium business cap companies that are less than $50 million a year, which is the 80% of the United States GDP, get on their feet and get the skills without having to pay 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, $100,000 to fly to some island mm -hmm. to learn some business secret that you don't need that you can get down here in an app and you get it all for $2 a month and you get real world experience. And between the four quest masters, myself being the, the longest one at 31 years, 
you get 110 years of real world experience of what we have spent our lives mastering, teaching other companies to do and other entrepreneurs do. And now we can do it at scale. And now more than ever, now more than ever, we need to be able to give these skills away, not just to the younger generation, but to all generations, but make it fun. Because again, if it's not fun, you ain't going to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so interesting. And recently I've heard the difference between vocation and work or your career. And that's interesting to me too, but it sounds like no matter where people are at, you can take them to that place. But how do you see that playing in into that? Because I feel like some people just work for their whole lives, even though it's not something that's really passionate for them. Right. But um, I don't know. What do you see related there? About vocation? Yeah. And work or career. I, I like vocation, right? Mm-hmm. right. You know, a, couple of my, a couple of my training is in vocational aspects of, of psychology. And the reason why is it's a skill. That's mm-hmm. what made vocational education. But it was always downplayed as blue collar. I'm like, excuse me, I hate to break it to you, Mr. White collar person, whoever you think you are. That blue collar person that you just judge fixes your pipes, fixes your car, fixes your house, your HVAC, all these things that we throw in this vocational is, oh, those are the troubled kids who really weren't smart enough. So we gave them a skill, total BS. But then we call on those people and we expect and demand excellent service from them as a white collar executive. But we look down on this because they have a vocational degree. You give me 10 vocationally trained individuals, male or female, doesn't matter to me. And I got an entire team. But you give me five MBA people and I'll tell our 10 MBA people who got these masters of business administration. And I'll tell you, they know a lot of theory and don't know shit about people. And here's the deal. No matter what business you're in, I don't care who you are, executive to blue collar, online, offline, coach to CEO, you're in the people business. And if you don't know people, starting with yourself, you're screwed. So what if we made that all fun again and we realized that every single person in your kingdom, in your realm, matters? Now, that I, that I give credit for where credit is due. I grew up the first part of my life in Japan. So I have a lot of Japanese influence in my my background. And if you look at the Japanese culture over time, it has always been every person matters because they were an island. So island, everybody had to matter because this is a limited amount of resources. So when you look at it from that, that, that point of view, which is how we do, every person's skill, vocational, again, university, postgraduate, doctoral, high school has a skill. But if we keep putting them in these categories of tiering, like a caste system, we screw ourselves because we only see them as we see them, like vocational. Well, hey, that that's the kid that went to metal shop because, you know, he got busted for drugs. Okay, that what told me they're good with their hands and they're smart enough to understand people to create a drug business. I'll take that person, give it to me, and I can mold them in a very quick manner, find their warrior mentality, figure out how their wizard brain works and ignite their passion and turn them on. You got a you got an absolute team member that's got 75% of their potential on the field. I'll take 10 of those. And so when we look at companies, the first thing we do is go, is it possible that you've categorized people based on their resume versus who they are? And you and people don't realize this, but big companies do. But to small entrepreneurs, every time you hire and fire someone, it's an average of $30,000 cost to your bottom line. So if you're hiring and firing three people a year, you just cost yourself hundred grand. Well, I don't know about you, but six figures is six figures. So, Mm -hmm. and that's the difference between sometimes these companies that make the turn and don't with 52 million entrepreneurs now as of 2020 in the United States, 80% of them fail the first year because mismanagement, product doesn't make sense, or more importantly, they run out of the resources and don't use it. I don't mean just money. 
And so when we put all that together in the quest, we actually use the real business skills, practical business skills, practical coaching, but all done in a fantastical adventure way because we learn through emotional states or experiential. It's the backbone of my work, which is called the EC formula. And it's something that reconditions who we are because we were all taught mind, body, spirit. Everybody's talking about mindset, 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 mindset. I'm like, listen, kids, I can destroy your mindset in three minutes. Why? Because mind is a fickle thing. Mind is a product. It is not the originator. So if we flip that on its head, two things occur. One, we get past this mind thing where we're sitting there constantly trying to figure itself out. I mean, look, even Albert Einstein said that which created the problem can't solve it. Therefore, mind as your starting point and asking mind to solve itself is really mental masturbation. That's all you're doing. You're just messing with your own head. Very rarely do we make transitional results and belief structuring who we are, getting past the blue sky, the limiting ceiling things that we create for ourselves. So we had to flip this thing on our head. The EC formula starts with, wait a minute, we're going to start with putting you in an emotional state, put you in an adventure. Fun. Why? Because no one needs to teach you how to have fun. Right? Even if you're a stick in the mud, old codger, you can still have fun. So everyone knows how to fun. Two, you can never run out of it. You cannot say, I don't have enough fun. You can always have more and it doesn't cost you a ding except for shifting your emotional state. And three, when you're having fun, it's an infectious thing. Your company wants to be a part of it. Your culture will change. Your sales will improve. Your clients will feel more customer and they'll refer people to you for less effort because it feels good to be around it. It doesn't feel so obligatory. So when you have those three elements, by putting that as the emotional state, your body then naturally feels the entire emotion. No different than, you know, you kiss your significant other or you make your first million, whatever it is that gets you in that state, your brain automatically rewires itself. You don't have to go through all these 900 steps. And believe me, I know all 900 steps. You don't have to go through them to get this to rewire itself. When you put it in its rightful order, the rightful sequence, it automatically rewires itself through the neuroplasticity and the neuroconnectivity of what it does. It naturally will adjust. Whereas if we try to go through mind and have mind rewire itself, well, the end result is your business is probably going to hit the, you know, the glass ceiling. You're going to hit that space. And more importantly, it's going to feel like work obligation. And we've already covered where that goes. So that's why we do it. And that's why I think vocational is great. But more importantly, and a deeper scale, what if we took all this information and we started that as the educational process, starting with the ages of seven up? Then we could truly change the world, which is what people really want to do. But it starts with, you know, really retooling, puns intended, our educational system, which to me is, yes, you may come out educationally intelligent like I did, but your life's stupid. Well, that's not how you change cultures or society or a global scale. And now more than ever, we all need to be life intelligent. We need to be able to talk to each other and work because... Whether Whatever your stance is on COVID, I don't know, and it's none of my business, but let's just say you now have a third-party entity in theory that can, that can take us all on. And it has. It's changed us all for the last two years. And until we start moving in that space of, hey, I understand. Jen's a wizard. I'm going to talk wizard language to her. I know how her brain works. And it's not that we're categorizing people. We're connecting with people in a fun way. Go, wizard, we know what wizards do. This is what we, you need. Wizard, go do your thing. Go up in that tower. Do all of your alchemy. Come back and talk to the, the, the stars and everything that wizards do and bring that down here into the realm so that the warriors can go out and get things done, right? So that the, the bards can go out and send the message to the people and the jesters go, yes, okay. Now the kingdom is moving in a direction where we're aligned, rightfully, EC formula, but also our business model and our customers. And it makes it so much easier as opposed to 
well, Jan, we've looked at your quarterly report and we need to have an employee review. And, you know, your attitude is okay, but your results of generation are a little, it's not motivating. It doesn't make sense. But if I come to you and I say, Jen, I know you're a wizard. I know you can analyze information. I know that's where you live. And I need you to focus on this. I have got a rock star doing what she loves to do. And when she brings it back to us, it's not, oh, She's the, she's the smart one in the corner. We don't talk to them. We keep them away from it. We don't talk to the wizards because the wizards are all about data and now, and they always find the flawed. They're so cerebral. But yes, that's exactly who you want doing your books or doing your algorithm for your social media. That's who you want out front. You don't want your bard out there doing it because your bard's going to be the one that talks at the water cooler. I know mm-hmm. I'm partially bard. I get it. So when we look at that, it makes it much more fun. So vocational for me was always about skill. And doing the quest is about identifying those skills quickly. And every person you meet, I mean, I'm talking less than two questions. You go, boom, boom. Like I figured out you're a wizard just by watching you. Great. What does that mean? It means in the frame that you're showing up in the moment, you're a wizard. I know exactly how I want to talk to the wizard. I know exactly how to ignite you, how to keep that spark on fire. But those who are willing to go on the quest, they will find fun. They will find more sales. They will find a better balance in their company. They will find more customers and clients coming to them. And most of all, they will learn to enjoy the process of building a legacy because that's why we all got into business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really love that. And it especially stuck out to me when you were talking about it's all about people because it's so true. We're so social and we're so, nice. yeah, that's just who we are. And so that just resonates again. And that reminds me too of what else piqued my interest in your bio was that you know how to read people in less than three minutes, which is kind of what you alluded to just now. And that's cool how you have like the categories. It's almost like personality, you know, which I'm sure comes back to that of which workers would do best doing what. So that was a cool way of explaining it. And uh, I assume that's how storytelling ties into the business. Yeah, we actually take you to, we take you to deep metaphoric structure. So I would analogize to you guys when you go on the quest, from the moment you arrive, I mean, literally, our narrator takes you in and you're bam, you're thrust into this fantastical realm you're in. And we sh- we shot it context and content because you know, my, my, obviously you can see some of the words from a producer director point of view uh, and all my, uh, my, my team members and my partners, we all agreed that context and content have to marry each other. And I think a lot of people have gotten really lazy. Hey, I can just shoot a whole process right here on my webcam and just send it to you and sell it for $30,000. Man, you better tell me how to make gold if you're going to sell, charge me that kind of money. And it better be real. And it's not. More often than not, it's just regurgitated crap. And again, there's nothing new on the planet. So I don't want to sit there and pontificate that I've invented the wheel. But what I have done is invented the wheel sequence of how the sequence works. And I've spent 31 years on a million people figuring it out, plus all the companies I can name braggadociously. And what we did, we said, hey, wait a minute. Immerse them in a metaphor. No different than the Lord of the Rings, no different than Harry Potter, no different than even John Wick for that matter. You're in this fantastical realm where these other parts of your potential can come forward without you judgmentally wizarding, putting yourself in a box and going, well, 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 if we did that at work, blank, blank, blank. Now, I'm not saying walk into work, you know, with Superman underwear on and that's your outfit, although that would be fun. What I'm saying is there's 75% of your potential. In the other three parts of your basic personalities, the warrior, the wizard, the bard, and the jester. Now, mind you, there's over 16 different archetypes in our entire system. So you learn every aspect of everybody you're with and yourself. And you really get to develop. Because do I want Jen to be just a wizard all the time? No, there's 75% of her sitting on the sidelines. But it means in certain frames, I know how to help her shift or I can ask you to shift and say, Jen, can you go to warrior mode for a minute? And you'll literally shift to that part of your personality. You're not faking it. You're not acting. You're not BSing. We're all warrior, wizard, bard, and jester. 
but we lean on one because we were told the other three parts of us is the misfit. It's the one that wasn't good in class. It was the class clown. It was the one that was in, you know, whatever club you're in from, from band to athletics. It doesn't matter. You segregated yourself and we put those all on the sideline in order to fit in. Guess what, kids? Fitting in sucks. It's stupid. It's the dumbest thing you could ever do. You're not born to fit in. You already fit in because you came here in the human tapestry that we call Earth. The misfit that you labeled yourself or were labeled as or teased as or, or belittled as is exactly what your business needs. It's exactly the parts of those personality that need to come back forward. But we've been so scared and so beat up and so downtrodden and so judged that we keep it hidden. And so for us, it's immediately throwing you into the metaphor and they are, they're deeply metaphor. And it's an actual technique that's called reverse hypnotic thematic learning, which is a really fancy way of saying, listen, kids, you're already hypnotized. You did it to yourself. But what was really cool is the way our educational system is set up is they taught you how to do it to yourself, but didn't teach you how you were doing it to yourself. They just taught you do this, do this, do this. And you went, okay. And next thing you know, we're self-hypnotizing ourselves based on the way our chemical brains work at the subconscious level. We're creating patterns over and over again. And all we're doing is subtly changing the environment. Maybe, you know, characters from our personal relationship to our business relationship, but the theme is the same. That's the problem. It's the theme. We're not living up to our potential. Mom and dad said we weren't good enough. And this is what our culture said we had to be. This is our gender. This is our whatever. BS. You are a transformational creature. That is every human being's superpower. Everyone's got it. However, most, and I'm talking 98% of the planet, have buried it. They put their superpowers away because they were told that that's not what adults do. Well, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm rolling 51 now and I got to tell you, I'm the biggest kid I've ever met. Mm -hmm. I don't know a lot of happy adults, but I know a lot of happy, playful kids, regardless of their age. And I've been to the top of the mountain. I've been to the elite. I've been to the uber wealthy. I've lived as the 1%. I did it for over a decade and I didn't meet a lot of happy people, myself included. I had to change me again. I had to get rid of Dr. Fox and get rid of this ideology. Even though I'm a great teacher, great speaker, and I enjoy doing everything that I'm doing, it still was my own barrier because they told me this is what a doctor is supposed to look like and how we're supposed to sound and how we're supposed to dress and we're not supposed to have tattoos and all these other crap. And I'm like, this who? Why am I? Screw you, man. This is my quest. This is my life journey. This is my passion, my purpose, my mission, my vision, my legacy. Yes, I learned stuff from you and I'm great from that credibility of mentorship and all those little letters before and after my name. And they're great for dinner reservations. But at the end of the day, this is my quest and this is my legacy. No different than it's yours and all of the people listening to the show. And it's like, guys, until we get into that storyline, and I'm not talking, you know, going to deep years of therapy because that can suck too. I'm not saying it's not viable, but it sucks. Right. And I'm not talking about, well, you know, you got to put it on your vision board or you got to write in your journal. And, you know, I love John and all these other friends of mine. But let's cut the crap. Staring at a picture all day is not going to make your business a million dollar business. If it did, you and I would be already gazillionaires and so would everybody else. And I'm not talking about like a million. I'm talking like Zuckerberg kind of money. It doesn't work that way because we're still down here at war with ourselves. Our wizard and our warrior commonly get an argument. Our bard, which is our voice, is where you'll hear it. And that's when I can tell people are in conflict. I can literally listen to a vocal shift and go, oh, you're having an argument with yourself. Your heart's saying, this job sucks. We don't need to be here anymore. We are killing ourselves for a thing we can't stand. We're missing our family. We're not free, which is why we got into business in the first place. We're slaves. It just sounds cool. And our wizard's going, yes, but we have bills to pay, Jen. And we have a house to mortgage to take care of. And we got a dog and a cat or whatever. And that's great. But those are all choices but we've categorized them as obligations of adulthood. So by being in the metaphor, 
and all of us going to play again, why don't we make fun again? And many of you, many of you out there listening, I'm going to call us all out. You suck at having fun. You think the fun is for the weekend. It's not. And that's not, that doesn't make sense mathematically. So five days of the week, you're all of a sudden you're in adult mode and two days you're not. Mathematically, that doesn't make sense. It's a losing proposition. Even Vegas wouldn't take that bet. So when we look at it, it's like fun doesn't mean you're not going to have hard times. Fun doesn't mean you're not going to be on the ropes as an entrepreneur or a CEO or a coach or a trainer. Fun doesn't mean there aren't days where you want to stick your head in the toilet and don't come back out ever and just say, I'm done. What it means is you always now have a track and in a way that's very simplistically blueprinted for you to move into that realm and get back on the quest and use those resources in a way that actually create what you want, as opposed to going down rabbit holes. And next thing you know, you wake up and you're 60, 70 years old and go, I missed it. I'm like, yeah, you did. And you don't get a do-over. Yes. Wow. I love it. It's been so fascinating talking to you. And you can just tell in your personality that you really do have that sense of fun and, and all of the things that come along with it. So that's great. And then- Thank you. A quote that reminds me of you is it says zig when others zag. So it's so true. You just, you yeah. got to do the original thing. It's how we keep life interesting and it's how we make it fun throughout our lives. So thank you so much for all your knowledge. Thanks. I'm going to have to listen to this again to unpack it all because you shared so many good things with us. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Thank you for your time. You bet. Okay. Bye. If you'd like to pitch your story for the podcast, or if you want more storytelling strategies, contact me at jenbanks16 at gmail.com or find me on Instagram at jenbankscoaching.